Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the marshlands of central Florida, it's the Riley and Kimmy Show. A heavy, ominous stillness falls over the swamp. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And if you're listening today, this show is uploaded. It is a Tuesday. Welcome to November 14th, episode number 1430. Right next to me is... Jimmy! I got one name! Jimmy! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! 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 Hi! Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy... Three very sane spectators. That's right. I have sane spectators all around me. Well, actually, behind me, I have two uh, fur kids on their fur bed. And to my left is somebody, well, the, uh, it is, well, she has a stamp on her hand that says she's sane. You don't know how much I've missed all of you. And I promise you I'll never desert you again. You see, this is my life. It always will be. There's nothing else. Just us. And the cameras. And those wonderful people out there in the dark. And she's ready for her close-up. It is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And welcome to a Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon. I'm just beginning to see. Now I'm on my way. Not necessarily a Tuesday afternoon, although you could be listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on a Tuesday afternoon or morning or midday or any time. That's right. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth and listen any time of day. Archived episodes are also available. You can listen to all the the previous stuff. All of them are available right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And you can listen daily on multiple platforms like iHeartRadio. We're proud to be part of iHeartRadio. Also, iTunes, SoundCloud, and many others. Those platforms available on our website at RileyAndKimmy.com, along with our social media. The best way to stay linked with us and communicate and things like that is to help the show grow and follow us on like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and others. Kimmy, it's not just a Tuesday, I'd like to say... Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Pour a cheerful toast and fill it, happy anniversary. But be careful you don't spill it, happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Well, see, it's hard for me to surprise Kimmy with a card because, well, she's she's Snoopy. And, and you know, it, it's very hard for me to do that. And, and considering that... Uh, I wanted to find a way to surprise her. I thought this would be the best way to do so. Did I surprise you, Kimmy? Oh, yeah. Well, well happy I, anniversary. Well, thank you, Kimmy. I can't imagine going through life with anybody besides you. Me too. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you very much. There, enough of the Mutual Admiration Society on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Kimmy, I'm uh, kind of curious here. Can you still remember our web address? RileyandKimmy.com. See, she wasn't stunned enough. She can remember our web address. That's a place you can find all our archived episodes and things we talked about, including social media and stuff like that. Please help the show grow by following us, like on Facebook, Twitter, and all the others. Our web address is... RileyandKimmy.com. RileyandKimmy.com. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That's the question for this Tuesday, November 14th, unless Kimmy is too uh, stunned because of the happy anniversary thing. Can you play, will you play, nerd and pop culture trivia, Kimmy? Yes, I will. Great. Now, one of the things I want to point out, the timeline has been adjusted. Meaning... That it is not in linear or chronological order. Help Kimmy out by shouting out answers to uh, whatever listening device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Miss a little, miss a lot. So be sure to uh, check us out every single day. That is the Riley and Kimmy show. We're going to find out if you paid attention in school up in, uh, let's see, Igloo High or Igloo Junior High, Kimmy. It was on this date in 1851. The novel Moby Dick was first published. It was first published in the United States on this date, 1851. Who wrote Moby Dick? Herman Melville. Whoa. Have you ever read Moby Dick? No. How about a Moby Dick comic book, at least? No. Moby Dick movie, Kimmy. Mm, no. Oh, you never saw Gregory Peck in Moby Dick or Patrick Stewart in Moby Dick? Dick, oh, no. Yeah. It was on this date, Kimmy. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, the first film adaptation of the J.K. Rowling's books, is released what year within five years is the very first Harry Potter film out? Um, 2000? Ooh, she is so close. It is 2001. You get it within the buffer. And who starred as Harry Potter? Well, that would be, um... An actor. Yes. Yes, an actor. He wore glasses as the character. Yeah. Had a scar on his uh, head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went through school learning to be a sorcerer and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Can you tell me who it is? Wow. That It's that guy. I can't think of his name. He grew up on, on film. I know. Who is it? I can't think of his He's name. He's an actor. I know. Big actor, Kimmy. Right. Daniel. Uh, ugh. Daniel Daniel, Daniel Vlue? I don't know that one. Uh, Daniel who? Mm, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, there you go. Whoever shouted that out to Kimmy in the timeline, thank, uh, thank you for doing so. Now, let's see if you paid attention again with literature, Kimmy. It was 1889. This is history and literature combined. New York World reporter Nellie Bly began an attempt to surpass the fictitious journey of Phileas Fogg, by traveling around the world in less than 80 days, she succeeded by finishing the journey the following January in 72 days, 6 hours, and 11 minutes. That's quite remarkable, considering it's 1889. Tell me, who wrote that book she was trying to beat? Who wrote that very big adventure, fantasy, some would even say steampunk kind of book about 
you know, around the world in 80 days. Who did it? They made films about this, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who who uh, who wrote it? Wow. Who is the? I know this. I can't think of the name. He is considered Brain's one of the. Not working. He's considered one of the fathers of science fiction. H.G. Wells is one, and he is the other. Who is it? Jules Verne. Jules Verne. Uh, yeah. Okay. We are on a roll. Kimmy is still stunned because I surprised her. That's yeah, what it that's is. It. That's yeah, it. That's it. The year is 1960. This song reaches number one. Kimmy, tell me who the recording artist is. Georgia. Georgia. The whole day Just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind Can you tell me who had that as a number one hit on this date, 1960? Ray Charles. That's right, Kimmy. The year is 1961. This recording artist film comes out. It premieres. Now, the title track of the film on the soundtrack Stayed at number one on the album charts for 20 consecutive weeks. Here is the single, which just happens to be the title of the movie. That was, well, released on this date in 1961. Tell me who the recording artist is and movie star. Night and you and blue Hawaii. The night is here. And you are heaven to me. Blue Hawaii, the movie, it premieres on this date, has the single, has the soundtrack. Kimmy, tell me who the recording artist, actor is. Elvis Presley. Have you ever seen Blue Hawaii? No. Alrighty, the year is 1962. This person recorded the song Mixed Up Confusion. It was released as a single on December 14th, but recorded on this date. The song was written and recorded by this person, and it is his first single. Tell me who it is. I got a mixed up confusion. Man, and it's a killing me. And they're all too hard to please. It is his first single. Who is it, Kimmy? Bob Dylan. Yes, the year is 1962. Mixed up confusion. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Yes, there is a liftoff. Apollo 12 blasted off for the moon from Cape Kennedy, Florida on this date. Was it 1968, 1969, 1970, or 1971? Give me which one. Um, 1971. It was 1969. Yes, that is correct. I see the stunned look on your face. Wish this was video. Moon landing, the first one, was in July. They launched in uh, November, the, uh, the the follow-up mission. Oh. See what you learned with the Riley and Kimmy show? Mm-hmm. The year is 1970, Kimmy. This single is released. It reaches number four on the Billboard Hot 100. 
January of 1971. Tell me the name of the single. Turn your back on me, baby. Turn your back on me, baby. Yes, don't turn your back on me, baby. Stop messing around with your tricks. Don't turn your back on me, baby. You just might pick up my What is the name of that hit? Black Magic Woman. Got a black magic woman. Got a black magic woman. I've got a black magic woman. Got me so blind I can see. That she's a black magic woman. She's trying to make a devil out of can you tell me who had that as a hit? 1971, it went right up to number four. Who is it? It was released on this date, 1970. Mm, no, I can't. Santana. Ah. Yes, Santana. Kimmy, the year is 1976. This film is released. It premieres in Los Angeles and New York City at the same time. It stars Faye Dunaway, Peter Finch, and William Holden. Peter Finch would win the Academy Award for Best Actor in 1977 for this film. The film revolved around the world of television, and actually had social commentary about the world at its time. Tell me the name of the film. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Can you tell me the name of that film? Network. That's right. I take it you've seen Network. Um, I don't think I've actually sat and watched it. All right. Classic from 1976. The year is 1991. This person's video premieres on Fox TV, Kimmy. Tell me the name of the video. Well, the actual hit song, too. Here is your clue. Tell me the name of the song, Kimmy. Black or white. And who had that as a hit, Kimmy? Michael Jackson. That's right. The year is 1998. Chicago Bulls player Dennis Rodman, at the age of 37, marries this Baywatch actress who is 26 years old at the time. Can you tell me who Dennis Rodman marries, Kimmy? Kimmy? 
Okay, let's see. What was her name? Yes, that's what mm. we're working on, Kimmy. What was her name? They weren't married that long either. No, not at all. No. I remember that. Um, I can't think of her name. Carmen? Electra. Yeah, that's right. Carmen Electra and Dennis Rodman were married on this date in 1998. The year is 2000. This singer releases Holy Wood in the Shadow of the Valley of Death. That is the CD slash album that was released on this date in 2000. The cover of the album was banned by several retail chains due to the cover art. We have the first single sampled here from that studio album. It would reach number 22 on the mainstream rock chart and number 24 on the modern rock chart. Tell me who it is. Gimme, here's your audio clue. He was involved with Rose McGowan at one time. Can you tell me who it is? Marilyn Manson. That's right, with Disposable Teens from 2000. We're looking for the year, Kimmy, and also the title of the 21st James Bond film. It premieres in London. It stars Daniel Craig in the role as James Bond for the very first time. Can you tell us? The name of the movie and the year it came out within two years. Quantum of Solace? Wrong. It's the first. The first. Casino Royale. That's correct. And what year? 2008. You get it barely. It is 2006. And who is the Bond girl? Eva Green. That's correct. It was on this date, Kimmy, the game Candy Crush was released as a mobile app for iPhones within two years. What year did this happen? 2012. You get it exactly right, you freak. Do you have that on your phone? No, I don't. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Robert Fulton, born 1764, engineer and inventor. Kimmy, tell me why he is famous. What did he invent that... Put him in the history books. You should have learned about Robert Fulton in American history. Mm, uh-oh. 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 Uh, <laughs> Robert Fulton created the steamboat. Oh. Yeah, the steamboat, he well, created the first one, went with passengers from New York City to Albany, and back again, a round trip of 300 miles. It took 62 hours in 1807, sort of like the way I drive. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Hey, can be seconds? Me, it's days. Tell me why this person is famous. Born 1840, Claude Monet. He was an artist. That's correct. French impressionist painter. Actor Dick Powell, born on this date, 1904, died 1963 at the age of 58. American actor, film producer, film director, and matter of fact, even a business executive in the world of cinema. Played a lot of uh, detective-oriented films and such. Next individual, born 1921, died 1997 at the age of 75. He did a Disney film called The Parent Trap in 1961. Don't know if you've ever seen that film, Kimmy. Mm -hmm. But he is known for a certain TV show. See if you can tell me the name of the show.
Can you tell me the name of that TV show? Family Affair. Now, that's right. Now, he played Uncle Ben. Can you tell me who played Uncle Ben on Family Affair? Kimmy, and was also part of Parent Trap. Brian Keith. You freak. You got it right. And then after uh, Family Affair, he went on and did a TV show. Actually, the the Brian Keith TV show for two years on network. Really wasn't uh, that big, but eventually he would come back to audiences in the 1980s with the crime drama Hardcastle and McCormick. Did you ever watch that one? No, I didn't. All right, Kimmy, moving to the next person born on this date. Born 1929, was part of this TV show for a long period of time. Tell me the name of the TV show. You're correct, Kimmy. Now, he played on MASH during, I should have said, really a long time. He decided he was going to leave and do other things, bigger things, which failed for him. He filled in for Johnny Carson as guest host on The Tonight Show 58 times and was a guest many, many times. Tell me who he was. I've never liked to go out. I think it was because of my father. We lived in a very small town, Bloomington, Illinois. And, uh... Strange, everyone in Bloomington must be here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a teeny tiny place. Uh, my, but it was because of my dad. My father would always say, we are not going out. If somebody is going to hit me, they're going to have to drive up the front drive, <laughs> go right over the bird feeder, come through the mulberry bush, and right into the picture window, because that's where Mom and I are going to be. This was 35 years of New Year's life. Can you tell me who... That was... McLean Stevenson. That's right. And what was the name of the character he played on MASH? Uh, I can't do that. Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake. And then he was replaced by whom? Because he decided the character, they actually had him go home. He was going to go home to Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. And he ends up dead. They kill him off. Oh. Uh, yes, Radar. Radar says goodbye to him. He gets on the chopper. You know, nice touching scene, and then they cut to a surgery going on, you know, with, uh, you know, Hawkeye and everybody else, Frank, and Radar comes in looking very upset and tells everybody that his helicopter crashed and he's dead. Who replaces McLean Stevenson? You can give me the name of either the actor or the character. Ooh, um, I don't know. Colonel Potter comes in to replace... Henry Blake, and he's totally like the opposite. You know, he's more hardcore. Mm. Yeah. All right. Can you tell me the name of the TV series that they tried to launch for McLean Stevenson on NBC? Different Strokes was the launch vehicle for it. It was a spinoff. They thought they could do what they did with, uh, you know, the kids with uh, Facts of Life, but uh, it didn't work with this one. What was the name of that TV show? Hello, Larry. Well, hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. You talk to people all day for a living. Today. The calls are coming in, you better start to 
you've ever seen an episode of that Kimmy or the different strokes episodes that led into it can because Mr. Drummond bought something that uh, McLean Stevens would go to work at can you tell me what Hello Larry was about what uh, what occupation uh, radio station DJ uh, talk show host, talk show host. Uh, yes you're right yep. you, you got that right Mr. Drummond bought it and that's what Hello Larry was about now they were actually trying to cash in also on the popularity of a national talk show host who was becoming extremely big in the late night time period or on the late night time period of uh, radio stations can you tell me the name of the talk show host um, he would go to tv war suspenders larry king that's right larry king they, they were tapping into that because he was getting very very big at that time moving to somebody else born on this date kimmy he is the heir apparent to the british throne he is the eldest child of queen elizabeth ii can you tell me who it is? Prince Charles. That's right. How old is Prince Charles within five years? Um, 70. You get it within that buffer. He is 69 today. Next person celebrating a birthday. He is 66, Kimmy. He had a big hit. Yes, he did. A song that became a major hit, peaking at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100. It was his greatest hit and spent 28 weeks on the chart. See if you can tell me who the birthday person is. Down in Jamaica, they got lots of pretty women. Steal your money, then they break your heart. Lonesome Sue, she's in love with old Sam. Taken from the fire into the frying pan. On and on. Can you tell me who that is who's having a birthday today? His mm. 66th birthday. One of my favorite songs of the 1970s. Can you tell me who it is? I can't. That's Stephen Bishop having a birthday today. Next person, actor, on camera, and also a voice talent as well. Kimmy, see if you can identify him from something he did back early 2000s, from 2001 to 2002. Here is your audio clue. Tell me who the birthday person is, and then once you identify him, tell me how old he is within five years. Here's your clue. Oh, do you smell that urine, vomit, stale coffee, cheap perfume, vermin, fecal matter, sweet ambrosia to my olfactory senses. It's the stink of justice that you just can't shower off. Can you tell me who that is, Kimmy? Oh, I know who it is. Normal. Uh, he gets. Who is it, Kimmy? Oh, what are his initials? His initials are P.W. Come out to play. Look at me. I'm out. I'm out there. I'm way out there. He liked to wrestle with a toilet in one of those episodes. He played the tech. He was also David Huddy, boyfriend to Elaine on Seinfeld. Can you tell me who it is? Mm, Patrick. Yes. Uh, you, you're getting there. Patrick what? No. Patrick Warburton having a birthday today. How old is he within five years? Uh, 55. He is 53. At one time, I think he would have been a fantastic Superman. He did voice Superman in the uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, uh, credit card commercials. He was the, the voice of Superman for that. But I also think you've been a fantastic Captain Marvel. 
uh, for live action at one time. Oh. I think he would have been yeah. perfect because, you know, that it's supposed to be a child who's actually in an adult body. And I think he could have played that off, especially what we've seen his well in his work with The Tick. He was fantastic. Next individual, Kimmy, an actor. He's been in four of the Transformer films, most recently in the fifth entry, Transformers, The Last Night in 2017. Before that, he was on the TV series Las Vegas. He played Danny McCoy in 106 episodes. And he is married, right now separated, he is married to a pop star. Can you tell me who he is, Kimmy? Here is your audio clue where he talks about, well, seeing his wife for the very first time. I had a, I had a bit of a crush on her before I ever met her. Yeah. And so... I saw her on this video. Enrique Marciano was at my house with Molly Sims, and they were dating at the time. And he comes in. This is when we were doing Las Vegas. Yeah. And he's like, "Come here." So I go. So I come in. He's the only one inside the house. He goes, "Check out this girl. This girl shakes it like she wants a career." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, she really is cute. Who is this?" So it's no. Well, I first, you know, I went into this. The, the producers the next Don't said we should get yeah. this group called the Black Eyed Peas on the show because it was perfect. We'd had all these other, uh, you know, musical acts there before. They were perfect. And so what do you know? For second, uh, second episode of the second season, who's coming? The Black Eyed Peas. Can you tell me his name, Kimmy? Hmm, I know who that is. Yes. I'm having an, another name block. I'll give here. you his first name. It's Josh. Can you tell me his last name? Oh. Dumel, that's uh, who it is. How old is he within five years, Kimmy? 40. He is 45. He was born in Minot, North Dakota. And by the way, if you just happen to be in Minot, Minot, North Dakota, well, the reason is because, you know, freezing is the reason. Uh, if you just happen to be there, stop by a certain restaurant. He is the co-owner of a restaurant in Minot, hmm. North Dakota. Kimmy, I think you did a fantastic job on this Tuesday. You weren't too distracted because of my surprise. And by the way, once again, happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary. Thank you, Kimmy. And what we have in store is, well, we're going to honor something we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio. Radio And that's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Going back in time in honor of Dick Powell, who was born on this date in history, we have a couple of things he did in the, well, during the golden age of radio. The first one is a thriller kind of uh, radio episode. It's called Slow Burn from 1950. The plot, a prize fighter decides to get revenge on a war hero who steals his girl and ruins his career. Now that's followed by Island in the Sky from 1955. The plot about that, an excellent story about an airplane forced down in an uncharted sub-Arctic wilderness. Both of these are safe for all ages to hear. They are back-to-back -back uninterrupted. Kicking things off, our tribute to Dick Powell with Slow Burn from 1950 on the Riley and Kimmy Show. I'm standing here staring at a clock on a dresser in a crummy hotel room. I've been watching the minute hand drag itself up the face of the clock, and I'm not going to pull my eyes away from that minute hand until it touches 12. Because at 12, the slow burn that started in my insides way back three months ago, the slow burn that built till my whole body was on fire is going to be soothed. Yeah, in another few seconds, it's going to be 12 midnight, and I'll be able to breathe again. Then they can come get me. I won't care. There it is. I 
and make that call now. Morning, Harold. Let me speak to Todd Sloan. Sports Department, Todd Sloan speaking. This is Johnny Wilson. Johnny? Don't interrupt. This call is a sense to be traced. I got a lot to say. The cops have a tight circle around this town, and I know I got no exit. But before they get me, I want to clear a few things up. Now listen to me. I did it. I'm not denying it. I'm telling you why I did it, and you're going to print it because you're a right guy. Oh, Johnny, I... Shut up. I don't have much time. It all started the day I fought in Duvale, Pennsylvania. Dania, my wife, didn't want me to fight, but to me it was the fastest way to make a buck. I was just beginning then, right after the war. And the coal town was the best I could do. I was fighting Tony Tadro, a good boxer and a puncher. In the second round, we just squared off and the crowd pulled to its feet, roaring the guy's name. Not mine, not Tony's. Me, it didn't throw, but Tony, it did. He dropped his guard just long enough. Tony was flat on his back, out cold. I let the referee raise my mitt. Then I walked to Lefty Wilkins, my manager. <laughs> nice work, Johnny. Oh, thanks, thanks, Lefty. What was you shouting about? Ain't you heard? The hometown kid who won that Medal of Honor blew into town today. Not only that, he blew into the arena just before you tagged Tony. Well, I'd have glad hand the kid myself then. He made it easy for me. Ah, uh, you don't have time. We're to meet Courtney Barr at the club tree and on in 30 minutes. Okay, okay. And uh, just this once, let your tongue lay flat inside your face. I'll do the talking. Okay, I said, okay. I am not got in the second round. Johnny Wilson, victorious over the Tony. You saw Johnny fight tonight, Mr. Barr. He's good. It takes more than good these days. We know that, Mr. Barr. That's why I ask you when. All we need for him is the right build-up and the connection. Now, look, when I engine a show or a nightclub or a fighter, I want a reasonable chance to get my money back. Lefty, you never brought a fighter up to the top yet. But this time it's different. Johnny Wilson is the next champ. Oh, don't beg him, Lefty. If he's too blind to recognize a good thing when it's shoved in front of him, let him get a seeing-eye dog. Oh, I'd take a chance on Johnny if he had an exploitation angle. The way it is now, there's too many good boys bouncing around. Don't need the build-up or have to go into him. No. I'm returning to New York tonight. Goodbye, gentlemen. Yeah, he's got nothing. Nothing but money. Someday I'm going to walk into a bank and look at the stuff. You know they keep the trap behind little cages? Uh-oh, there's that kid again. The metal boy. Name's Chuck Masters. They say he got 30 japs. 30 japs? Well, I'd like to meet the hero. Well, it looks like maybe you will. He's coming right at us. Yeah, pardon me, but aren't you Johnny Wilson? Yeah, that's right. Oh, I got to the stadium just in time for the knockout. Sure like to congratulate you. Oh, thanks, thanks. 30 japs, huh? You've been pretty busy. Me, I was in the medical corps, Walter Reed Hospital. Have a drink, Chuck? Oh, no, thanks. I can't stop. My family's waiting. I, uh, I really have a favor to ask, Mr. Wilson. I'm chairman of the Juvenile Delinquency Committee. Well, let me offer my congratulations. Uh, thanks. Now, if you'll offer just one more thing, your services in an exhibition bout. You mean a benefit? Yeah. Uh, look, Sonny, you're a nice, clean-cut American boy, and I like your style, but the only benefits I fight are for the Johnny Wilson fight. Uh, now, now, wait a minute, Johnny, wait a minute. 
After all, we don't want to see no kids go wrong, do we? Hmm? Uh, who are you figuring on Johnny fighting? Well, nobody yet. I just got the idea. Do, uh, do you box, Chuck? Me? Well, I did a little boxing in the 39th Infantry, strictly amateur. Then it's a natural. You box, Johnny. Oh, now, wait a minute. I couldn't... Sure, box. sure you could. And you look like a welter, too. If you get into the ring with Johnny, it's a deal. Uh, good idea. Good publicity. You don't understand. You I... can't ask a guy to fight unless you're willing yourself. Uh, especially for nothing. You do, we do. You don't, we don't. Well, okay, it's a deal. Thursday night at the stadium. Yeah, yeah. All right, Lefty, what's the setup? In the ring Thursday, I want you to make him look good. I want the kid to think he's a wonder boy. I want to sign him. And then? Then I take him to Barr as my new fighter. Medal of honor and all. Oh, Barr like that. Endorsed by Congress. Keep talking. We've got some of the exploitation angle he's talking about. And with the dough we make on Chucky Boy, we'll finance you to the title. Get a load of the crowd. Any more people come in, or they have to ration the oxygen. That's what bar means by exploitation. That Medal of Honor drags them in. There it is. Now remember, Johnny, don't win. You don't have to lose, but don't win. Well, it was a fair enough fight Like Lefty wanted I didn't lose it I didn't win it The kid was a cinch to sign And Lefty wired Barr To find out if he was interested He was And now we're in New York In the Copa Club Signing the contracts There's one thing, Lefty Now that Chuck is signed Where does Johnny here fit in? Oh, Johnny's gonna stop boxing for a while He's gonna groom Chuck me, I wasn't having any conversations just then. I was watching Chuck watch a long-haired, slinky dame come towards our table. She had on a gown that had no straps and didn't need any. There was sweet rhythm in her walk, and she wore a hands-off look that beat blood into a guy's head. She stopped at our table, and Chuck's mouth flopped open. I said, well, gentlemen, this is my wife. Hello. Danya, this is Chuck Vasters. Sit down, baby. So you're the new fighter? Yeah. I hate fighters. Oh, you'll frighten the boy. And I hate the parasites who live off. No, oh, have a drink, baby. Why do you take that, Johnny? Shut up. Hey, new fighter. Why don't you duck out before they knock that gentle look out of your eyes? I don't want to fight, Mrs. Wilson, but I need money. Johnny looked like you when he first started. And after only 4,000 push-ups a day, look at me now. Childhood sweetheart. Sweetness and light. Now he's not happy unless I wear gowns like this. There's nothing wrong with that dress. Hey, uh, hey, baby, have you heard? I'm going to stay out of the ring for a bit. I'm going to teach Chuck here a thing or two. Who can tell? With me behind him, he may get to be our next champ. You've given it up, Johnny. What happened? He's just taking a rest, Daniel. That make you sore? Not me. It just sounds like Johnny's using his head. <laughs> and that sounds so strange, it makes me suspicious. Ah, oh, great little kidder, ain't you, Chuck? Hey, Mr. Barr. Come on, baby, let's dance. <laughs> Now the publicity buildup started. Chuck was a hero. The story of the signing hit the papers coast to coast, border to border. The fighting marine, they traced his medals to every beachhead. I even came in for some publicity as Chuck's best friend, the guy who was sidetracking his own career to train him. And on the day Chuck signed for his first fight with Whitey Carnes in the Bronx Coliseum, it was, 
Who should come in to give him his medical but my old CO from the Med Corps, Doc Peterson? Hey, Corporal Johnny Wilson. Well, don't make me say what are you doing here. <laughs> Tell me. I'm a fighter, Captain. Well, well. That's a far cry from Walter Reed Hospital, huh, Johnny? Uh, how you doing? Uh, so far, the Army paid off better. Oh, uh, Doc, this is Chuck Masters. Oh, hiya, Chuck. Say, hi. according to all the publicity I hear, you're going to be the next welder champ. Yeah. With Barr's money, we opened a training camp in the Berkshires. I taught Chuck to box, and he learned fast. His left wasn't too good, but his right was okay, and he was shifty. Three days before his fight with Carnes, Chuck and me were in the ring, sparring. Hold it, Johnny. There's Anya. Hold it, Anya. Hiya, chump. Well, well, baby, I don't expect All right, all right, what are we waiting for? Oh, it's you, huh? Hello, Lefty. Training camps is no places for dames, you know that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You never watched me train before. What's the magnet? I got the day off, and I wanted to watch the process whereby they turn a guy like him into a guy like you. I looked at her lips while she was talking, and the thought that she might be hoping for somebody else's lips on hers, Chuck's maybe, tore at my inside. The gong sounded, and I went for him. Take it easy! Take it easy! Cut it out! Cut it out, Johnny! Cut it out! What's the matter with you? You nuts? Why are you slugging like that? Well, I figured Chuck is about ready for anything. Come on, Chucky boy, put him up. Let's see if you can take it. Johnny, take it easy. Oh, I really cut loose then. I've been storing it for a long time. I belted him good. He went down and stayed there. When they carried him out, he opened his eyes. But he didn't look at me, he looked at Danya. And she looked back at him with tears in her eyes. I should have killed them both then. Now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage our star, Dick Powell, in Slow Burn, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Still on the phone, Todd? Yeah. Well, hold it a second. I want to gander out the window. The cops in large numbers, Todd. But they won't find me for a while, and I only need a little more time to finish. Well, Chuck won his first fight, naturally. He was getting the slow, careful build-up. He won a second fight over in Jersey. So then Lefty began to book him. He said Courtney Barr wanted Chuck to go out and make a tour, get a list of knockouts so he'd have a record. So I sat on my mitts. The day Chuck got back from his tour, he called, and Daniel invited him to dinner. How was the tour, Chuck? Oh, fine. I had a couple of fights that were terrific. In Denver, I fought Willie Myers. What a boxer. But I found his weakness. See, when he was getting set to throw his right, he always flipped his elbow just a bit. From then on, he was my meat. You're beginning to enjoy fighting, Chuck. Well, why shouldn't he enjoy it? There's money in it. Sure. 50% of the purse and a bonus. Don't forget the bonus. Scrambled brains, cauliflower ears, and a nose smattered all over your face. A good fighter keeps his nose straight. Johnny was just like Chuck when he first started. Fighting kills a man's better instinct. I'll get the dessert. Yeah, I'll help you. Mm. 
I got no instincts. I'm just a bum, huh? Cut the pie, Johnny. Oh, give me the knife. I'm not worth anything, huh? I stay with you because I'm trying to salvage what I think is still there. And that crack that I used to be like Chucky is Johnny, now. we can still save it. I want it to be the way it was. You but... stay away from him. What's the use? Come in and finish your dinner. You heard me. Stay away from Chuck or I'll finish him. Every sports rider was wondering who was going to fight Mike Gruen. Nobody got a crack at the champ unless he fought Gruen first. I knew who it was going to be. Me. And with the money left, he got out of Chuck's fights. That was the deal we'd made. But, well, I was getting itchy about it. All this time, I wasn't getting any particular buildup. We were on the lake cruising around relaxing after two weeks of hard training. Bar and Chuck were watching a kid horsing around doing handstands in a canoe. I took Lefty to the other end of the launch. Yeah? Yeah, look, Lefty. I know, Johnny, I know. Now, don't worry about the Gruen bout. Maybe it would be smarter, Lefty, if you gave up my contract on the surface. Then you could hold off Chuck while my new manager signed me for that match. I... I can't, Johnny. Oh, why not? Now, now, don't get mad. But I had to give Barr 50% of your contract or he wouldn't back Chuck originally. But I got it fixed. Well, you dumb, stupid... I spun around and saw a canoe floating bottoms up. Chuck was ripping off his clothes, but I got out of mine fast, too. Me and Chuck hit the water together. You see him, Johnny? Huh? No. I saw the kid, but I wasn't telling Chuck. He'd come up about 20 yards away, and he went down in the same spot. This was going to be publicity for me. I dove to the kid, grabbed his hair, and pulled him up. When the boat came up alongside... Lefty hauled him in. That's it. Come on, when they pulled me into the boat, I saw Lefty point to the landing. Oh, look at that carload of reporters that just drove up. Chuck, you and Johnny get all of those wet clothes. I'll take care of the reporters. Reporters? Well, send them along, boys. Photographers, bring them on. That evening, I was sparring with Chuck, sharpening his footwork, when Dania came up with the New York papers. Don't you two ever get out of that ring? Oh, and by the way, congratulations. Huh? Oh, you hear all about the hero stuff on the lake? Yeah, congratulations. But she wasn't looking at me. She was looking at Chuck. I hopped out of the ring, grabbed the newspapers out of her hand. The story was there, all right, in big block headlines. Chuck Masters saves boy from drowning. Medal of Honor winner does it again. Me? I wasn't even in the comic section. This is all wrong, Daniel. Johnny saved that kid. Yeah, Johnny saved that kid. Now Johnny's going to save himself. Where's that lefty Wilkins? Oh, that's a dirty trick, Johnny. Chuck, you're trying to tell me you knew nothing of this. Your picture and life history on the front page. I swear. Now I... your eyes open, Johnny. Look what they've done to Chuck. How they made him lie just for the sake of publicity. I didn't lie. And, and what publicity? Your fight with Mike Gruen on the sports page. The whole double cross opened up like a filthy sunflower. I was the patsy, the fall guy, the jerk, the dummy. I was going to be the next champ. Yeah, the next champ under the dunce cap. I wanted to pound someone, something, anything. My eyes focused on Daniel. I'm glad this has happened. Maybe, Johnny, now you'll give up. We'll have a chance to live decent, normal lives. I'm glad this has happened. I spark-plugged this whole thing so I could get that Gruen bot. I fixed it. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Shut up! You hit me. You miserable skunk. Come back here. Let her alone. Oh, I've been waiting for this, Chucky boy. Uh, Johnny, take it easy. Wait a minute. Oh, Chuck, Johnny. Take him 
right. Clark, what's going on here? Come on. Take it easy. All right, now. Throw Wilson off the ground. Yeah. Yeah, throw the bum out. Throw him out. Get out of here. While they were doing it, I was thinking I was going to kill Lefty Wilkins. That was definite. And I remember that all Daniel worried about was Chuck. Chuck's character. Chuck's gentle look. Yeah. I was going to kill Lefty. And for Chucky boy, I was going to think up something special. Very special. Day after day, I'd wake up with a new idea but none good enough. Then one night I walked into a bar and saw someone. Someone who was going to give me the answer. It was my old CO, Doc Peterson. Corporal Johnny Wilson. Come on over and bring a drink with you. Uh, thanks, Captain. Still medicking for the boxing commission? Yeah, 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 yeah. Still fighting? Yeah, off and on, off and on. <laughs> Glad to see you, Johnny. Hey, you're the second guy I've seen from our old outfit recently. Yeah? You remember that lieutenant in the chemical corps who nearly lost his eyes? I saw him. <laughs> I met his new wife. A real mess. <laughs> I guess we didn't do such a good job on his eyes. Eyes? What do you mean, Captain? You remember the fool got by a chloride of mercury in him. Severe corneal lacerations. Uh-huh. Lucky thing we caught him when we did, or he'd have gone permanently blind. <laughs> oh, it's a terrible thing when a man loses his eyesight. Yep. <laughs> Suppose it was a man in your profession, huh, Johnny? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, good thing a guy can tell when that stuff gets in his eyes. And a guy can always tell. Burns like mad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess it would. Well, I gotta be on my way, Johnny. Uh, Captain, how long would that stuff have to be in a guy's eyes to blind him permanently? Oh, 26 hours about, if he's in top condition. The captain left, and me, I walked the streets all night, most of the next morning until the 42nd Street Library opened. I went through five medical books before I found what I wanted. Eye anesthesia. Pontiki. Causes loss of sensation in the eye without affecting the eyesight. I went up to the training camp. The Gruen bout was in three days. I had to get back in favor, and I piled it on good. I played it with hearts and flowers, everything. Poor Johnny Boy. He did well. Oh, I'm, I'm sincerely sorry. That's, that's the way it is, Chuck. I, I'm sorry for the hassle I caused. I... I'd sure like to be with you for the night of the fight. Well, okay, Johnny. It'd be funny fighting a local match without you in my corner. Sounds fishy to me. You ain't the kind to forgive. Well, it ain't fishy, Lefty. Since Daniel left, things have been lousy with me. I'm out of dough. I gotta eat. I I need the job. He gets the job, Lefty. He writes it. He taught me everything I know. I want him in my corner. When we walked down the aisle in the garden for the ring, I had three things in my bag. A long, sharp knife for Lefty Wilkins and the pontacane and bichloride of mercury for Chucky Boy. At the end of the fourth round, Chuck was way out in front and Lefty was beaming all over. Well, nice going, Chuck. 
Pays a cinch. Then I reached for the Vaseline that every fighter has smeared over his eyebrows to keep his eyes from getting cut. I had the Vaseline loaded with Pontigain. I smeared it all around those eyes of his. Now all I had to do was wait until the Pontigain took effect. The next three rounds were a nightmare. Chuck seemed as good as ever, and Gruen was weakening fast. Suppose he got knocked out before I got the bichloride in Chuck's eyes. Well, everything's still okay, Chuck? Huh? Hey, sure must be pooped, Johnny. He hit me in the eye three times that round. I didn't even feel it. Yeah? That's all? Uh, oh, come on, dummy. Swam my face. A little old cold water, boy. Next round, I'll kill him. He leaned back. I picked up a sopping sponge from the outer bucket, the one with the bichloride, and I swabbed his face and kept swabbing it while the liquid ran over his forehead and down in his eyes. Now, this is it. He didn't even wince as the poison drained under his lids, into his eyes, and over his eyeballs. He started the eighth round strong and cocky. He pushed Gruen all over that ring. And then all of a sudden, it happened. He stopped and put his gloves to his eyes, trying to rub away the creeping blindness. Gruen played it cagey. He thought it was a trick. But as Chuck desperately hunted for him, Gruen caught wise and he piled into Chuck. Gruen tore his head off. He hit Chuck with everything but the ring post. Kept going down and coming up from where, oh, it was beautiful. I picked up my bag and left the corner. On the way out, I stopped for a moment where Lefty Wilkins bent forward, agonizing in his seat as he watched the championship go out the window. He didn't even move when I shoved the knife into his back. The crowd was screaming for the kill as I walked out. Todd? Yeah. The law's going to be in in a second. The reason I couldn't call you in time for your bulldog additions, I had to be sure the 26 hours was up. Otherwise, you could have warned Chuck and his eyesight could have been saved. I want him to stay blind. All right, grab him. Uh, take it easy. Take it easy. You can have me. I got what I wanted. Oh, you admit you killed Lefty Wilkins. Sure, and it was a pleasure. And Chuck the champ, how does he like it? Got any jobs for fighters who can't see? Why don't you ask him? What? Hello, Johnny. Chuck. Well, I... What are you... Yes, Johnny, he can see. He's not blind. But you can't see. I don't believe it. You can't. Your old CO was at the ringside, Johnny. Doc Peterson. He knew what it was the minute it happened. He fixed up my eyes. You can't see. You can't see. You can't see. You're the one who's blind, Johnny. professional pilots and their special guarded world. Their island in the sky. In the world aloft, the age-old factors of life and death assume their proper values. That's why professional pilots are uncomplicated, simple men. Their thinking must be straightforward or they die violently. In World War II, many professional airline pilots were attached to the Army Air Transport Command. They were of the Army, but not in it. First of all, they were flyers. In the icy emptiness above the Himalayas and the skies of the South Seas, 
South Africa and the cloudy vastness over Greenland and Labrador. They flew the material of war. Men like Murray, Denuncia, Stankovsky, Lovett, and Dooley. Denuncia. Denuncia. Yeah, Captain? Receiving goes to cross bearing from Desolation Island. We try to, can race. How about Goose Bay? Nothing to it. All I got on these headphones is bacon frying. It's the northern lights. You going to pick up some ice? No, I think it. Murray. Yes, sir. Where do you figure we are? 200 miles off the Labrador coast, sir. You sure it's not 201 miles? I pinpoint us right here on the chart. No, no, no. Well, maybe. I got a hunch we're almost over the coast. Suppose you figure out what kind of ground speed we'd have to make to be over Hamilton River Peninsula in about 10 minutes. Oh, that'd be 200 miles per hour, sir. That's just not possible. Why, anything's possible up here, son? Something wrong, sir? No, not yet. The, uh, the air's getting pretty cold outside, isn't it? And below. <laughs> How do you know? The kid's learning to read instruments. Frank. Yes, Daddy. You better wipe off your windshield. Oh, sure, sure. Let's enjoy the view, huh? Of what? Hey, it's getting rough. Did I see you? Pick up any signals yet? No, sir. Maybe you'll try your set. Okay, right now. Hmm. Pretty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sweetest music this side of heaven. Think we might chance letting down through these clouds? Not that I'm sure where we are, dead sure. Might go back to Greenland. No. You want to tangle that short at night? Not me, Daddy. Well, we couldn't make it anyway. If we can't get into Goose Bay, we'll keep right on to Presque Isle. Yeah. Take a lot of gas. Yeah, that it will. All we got. You don't worry about rough air. It's just uncomfortable. You don't worry about snow, or even the static. You do worry about the winds up here. They're invisible and powerful. But most of all, you worry about ice. It can kill. Captain, you just worked Goose Bay. Now, why don't they turn on the range? They say it is on. No, we're sure not getting it. Goose Bay tried to take a bearing on us, but they say our signals are too weak. How about Greenland? Still no go. Maybe Montreal? Nothing. Am I right? Where do you think we are now? Just coming up on the St. Lawrence, sir. Maybe. With no stars on the radio, it's pretty hard to be sure. Ah, uh, that's a good boy. When you talk like that, I can believe you. You must have missed Goose Bay altogether. Yes, sir. But by the amount of our drift, I think we're at least of our course. Oh, uh, then we'll set a new one. Frank, uh, fly, uh... Oh, fly 270. Mm-hmm. 270, Daddy. Stankowski! Hey, where's Stankowski? Let's go back in the cabin. Hey, somebody go back and wake up that dumb engineer. I heard that, love it. If it wasn't for this dumb engineer, a lot of you running those guys would be in... Stankowski, how much fuel has there left in the cabin tanks? Oh, maybe a couple of teaspoons. Why? Some trouble? Well, what does that sound like to you? Big trouble. Ice. Yeah, ice on the props. They're slinging the stuff straight at us. Danger. Yes, sir. Transmit blind. Keep sending. Ask for bearings from anyone you can raise. Press guard if possible. Tell them we're icing up and losing altitude. We're turning northwest until we run out of gas. You got it? Got it. Then send it. Yes, sir. Presque Isle. The pilots call it the jumping-off place. Because this field in the far northeastern corner of Maine was the last American runway before Labrador and Greenland and Iceland and Europe. Dooley knew it well, and Presque Isle knew Dooley. Lieutenant Cord. Yeah, now, later, Angeles. 
Oh, excuse me, sir, but maybe you ought to read what's coming in right now. Uh, well, it better be important, Corporal. Uh, position uncertain, icing up fast, proceeding northwest until gas runs out. All stations take bearings. Merry Christmas, Julie. Any instructions, sir? Yes. Get Goose Bay. Quick! Come on, the baby. Stay up. She can't, Daddy. We're just one big cake of ice. Frank, run the engines to 2,535 inches. Uh, 35. Okay. The alcohol and the props. Denuncia, you getting anybody? This is Presque Isle, Maine, calling Goose Bay. Calling Goose Bay. You getting Julie's signals? If so, take bearings. This is Presque Isle, Maine. Captain, I just found something. Like what, Murray? Well, if we keep on going northwest, we'll fly right off the map. Sure, I don't show any details, just big blank Get back to the cabin. Stretch out on the floor. Yes, sir. Full flap. Full flap. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, hold it, Daddy. Just hold it. Stop. Just another second. What's wrong? Get out of that snapshot of my girl. Uh, got a time to kiss her picture. Yeah, there's no better time. Here it comes. It just came in. Then why didn't you let me know? Well, I said it just came in, sir. I haven't had time. You haven't had time. You want to come over to the staff room and tell Colonel Fuller and the rest of them you haven't had time? They're in a real good mood right now at one in the morning. Well, I'm sorry, Lieutenant, but you see... Oh, I'll give me that report. Now, the search party is easy enough to organize, gentlemen. Now, the problem is where to search. Can't send planes out indiscriminately in this weather. Colonel Fuller, sir, a radio report from Montreal. Oh, thank you, Lieutenant. Gentlemen, we have a bearing on Dooley. At 2,300 hours, Montreal fixed him as north of the St. Lawrence. How far north, sir? Well, that they couldn't give us. But at least it indicates that Dooley followed his plan, went off to the northwest. That narrows down the area somewhat. Uh-huh. 
to about 10,000 square miles. If duly clued at end of his gas supply, he's at least 200 miles into uncharted territory. Yeah. Well, assuming, Captain, that he came down in one piece, how long could he live up there? Any game to shoot? Who knows, sir? Certainly not the Eskimos. They wouldn't have any part of that region. Hmm. Lieutenant Cord, how many ships are available for search right now? Five, sir, counting the general ship. The general can walk. Turner, uh, what's the disposition of the civilian uh, airline pilots? Well, sir, McMullen's here at the base. Willie Moon's westbound out of Goose Bay. Stanage is probably over Greenland. We haven't gotten a clear signal from there in 24 hours. What about J.H. Handy and Stutz? Handy is east to Iceland, sir. Stutz on his way west from there. All right. Cord, your job will be to make radio contact with all of them. Tell them what's up. Yes, sir. Turner, you'll see that all five ships are ready with Arctic kits. Get with Major Dixon. Work out the stuff we're dropping. Right away, sir. All right, gentlemen, that's all. See you at 0900 in the briefing room. Calling Boomerang. This is Prescott calling Boomerang. Calling Willie Moon. Calling C-47 Boomerang. That's us. Yeah. Boomerang, go ahead, Prescott. What's doing? On arrival here, you will report to Colonel Fuller at operations. Me? Uh-uh. I'm going through to Boston. Sorry. Change of flight plan. Says you. I promised my wife I'd be home for our kid's birthday. You tell Colonel Fuller I'm a civilian pilot. So is Julie, sir. And he's down. Repeat that. Julie is down. Colonel hopes you will join the search party. Hopes? Tell him he dang well better let me. Hey, how about Stutz and Handy and Stanish? Can't reach them. Relay word to Greenland. Then get to it, boy. Get to it. Call the tower, Breezy. If this isn't Greenland, we're lost. Why, Captain Stanish, I'm surprised, aren't you? You mean those palm trees oughtn't to be down there? <laughs> Ginger K, the BWA tower. Looks like we're about seven icebergs west of the field. Roger, Ginger K, altimeter 2990. Wind west 12, hardpack stolen runway. Clear to land. Thanks. Hold on, give me Stanish. Oh, Captain. Stanish. Word from Prescott, sir. Dilly's down. What? Where? Well, they're not sure. Maybe Labrador. They're getting up a search party. Tower. Yes, sir. Uh, tell operations to refuel us on landing. We're going on through. This morning? Uh, you got to get some sleep. While Dooley freezes to death? Sorry, we're going through. Keep your voice down. No use waking up the rest. So then? 
We got ourselves a crew of real sack artists. Well, have you figured out anything? Like where we are? Yeah. No. In the morning, we'll break out the octet and take a shot of the sun. Yeah, if it comes out. Yeah, if the sun comes out. Well, anyway, about 30 gallons left in the tanks. You can get some generator power for the radio transmitter. If we can start an engine in this cold. Yeah. Oh, and food, yeah. Let's worry about food a little bit. Got three tins of salmon, eight chocolate bars, some sea rations, two marmalade sandwiches left over from last night. Uh, one of them's got a bite out of it. Mm-hmm. Your bite. It's not much, but it's all we got. Oh, it's enough to last five men, maybe, oh, six days. Mm-hmm. After that? I'm not worried, Frank. Okay. If you're not, I'm not. Well, not again, Daddy. Not worried. Sometimes a man has to lie. Even you, Dooley. You have always tried to live by the exact truth. Exactness is so necessary in flying. Put you down. Five men down in the middle of a great big nowhere. Well, tonight it's all right. This will be the easiest time for them. But tomorrow, or the day after... They're going to know what real hunger is. So find food, that's number one. Then find out where this nowhere is so you can help the others find you. Stanish, McMullen, Stutz, J.H. Handy, Willie Moon. They'll come, do we? They won't leave you floating alone on an ice cake. They'll come if it takes all winter. Yeah, but you've only got six days. Well, you've got to be strong, do we? You've got to keep them hoping, keep them believing... They'll find their strength in you. But where will you find yours? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Act two of Island in the Sky in a moment. You know, with our servicemen stationed in so many countries around the world, they have a wonderful opportunity to observe the customs and traditions of other people. They're finding out that these customs aren't so strange after all. For instance, in many countries, marriage is by proxy. The groom and the bride are not allowed to meet until the wedding is over. Now, this is the custom in Malaya, the South Celebes, and Siam. This is also one of the reasons for the veiling of Mohammedan women and the Hindu rule of Purda. In other words, the brides are hiding from the groom. Well, that has its modern counterpart in marriage among Christians. We say it's bad luck if the groom sees the bride before the ceremony. Well, we don't really believe that, maybe, but at least we have them come to separate rooms at the church and join each other at the altar. And the veil of a Mohammedan woman is as sacred as our marriage rights are to us. This is true about customs and traditions of all countries. The way of doing things may be different, but the ideals are the same. And our servicemen are helping to maintain goodwill by observing these customs, by, by learning about them and honoring them. This, after all, is one of our traditions, to let the other fellow have the same rights and privileges that we want for ourselves. Now our producer, Mr. Cummings. Act two of Island in the Sky, starring Dick Powell as Dooley. <laughs> plane is down. To the man who seldom flies, or perhaps never, it's simply a statement of an unpleasant fact. 
A man like Willie Moon and McMullen, Stanish and Stutz and J.H. Handy and Colonel Fuller, it means more. One of your own kind is down. And it's important, important beyond anything else, that he rise again. Gentlemen, our information is still very sketchy. We can rely on the bearing the Montreal gave us last night. Julie was somewhere in the vicinity of Lake Manuan, uh, right where my porter is touching the chart. At that time, Dooley radioed that he was proceeding on a northwest course. Well, if I might suggest, sir, since Julie is a civilian, he might have taken the liberty oh, of Oh, rats. If Dooley said he was going to fly northwest, he flew northwest. Yes, but we don't know that, McMullen. We're theorizing. Yeah, that's the trouble with all this stuff. Let's have some action. Now, suppose you let the colonel finish, Moon. Now, uh, we have word from Greenland on Dooley's fuel load when he left there. According to those figures, and assuming that he kept to a northwest course... He had enough gas to carry him four or five hours beyond Lake Manuan or somewhere right around this region. Oh, brother. Ain't nobody ever explored that territory? No, not for map-making purposes. Yes, and to make it more difficult, the weather's against us. So what do we do? Wait till summer and everything's nice and balmy for us? McMullen, we don't want to dissipate our efforts. You and Moon are on hand, but Stutz, J.H. Handy, and Stanish won't fly in here till dark. Tomorrow morning we'll be ready to go. Tomorrow. What if Dooley and his men are injured? That is a possibility, of course. There's another still. They may all be dead. Colonel, can we count on taking off in four hours? No. Be back here ready to go in two hours. Dooley? Yep. Any luck? <laughs> no game? Not even a bird in the sky. Uh, any firewood? Plenty of trees in those hills, but the wood's frozen solid. Well, I guess that figures at 40 below zero. That's awful mean country, Daddy. Nothing but whiteness and glare and silence. Yeah. Yeah, you can almost hear it. Frank, I, I, uh, I want you to do something for me. Uh-huh. It's Murray. Kid's pretty scared, I think. Keeps going on about his wife and baby. Yeah, I heard him. Maybe you might talk to him. Might help. You two are kind of near the same age. Uh-huh. Heck, we are. I did my first solo before Murray was old enough to even spell the word navigator. Well, anyway, I, I think he'd warm up to you quicker than he would to me. How about it? Sure. <laughs> you know, if this little fiasco had come along about a week later, I might be sweating it out the same as Murray. You? Huh? <laughs> you mean you, a, a, a wife? Uh, I don't know. I've always yacked about this dame and that dame. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a test. But, but Margaret, I ain't talking. Well, you sure are now, bud. Uh, come on now, then. Let's, uh, let's go back to the ship. I want to start up one of the engines so Denunzia can work the radio. It better start pretty quick. Keep it going. Skipper, there's just so much juice in our batteries, and that's it. Keep it going, I said. Oh, please, Captain, no more. Okay, okay, Philip. Uh, we'll have to get along without a generator. Sedanja, how many times can you transmit with what power we got left? Well, from what I just heard, maybe three or four short messages. Maybe less. Oh, that means every word's got to count. <laughs> well, who's that? Sounds like Murray. Yeah, he's up in the Astrodome again. <laughs> Murray, come down here. Murray! Yes, sir? What kind of reading did you get this time? It just, just doesn't make sense, Captain. According to the octant, we, we should be having coffee in Bangor, Maine, or 
Paris or Stalingrad. All on the same latitude. <laughs> Maybe it's me. It's so cold I can't think. Yeah, that's what's wrong. It's the cold, you know. The octant's got pneumonia. Same as our watches. Oil in the gears gets sluggish. Just won't work right in these temperatures. The navigator should know where he is. I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, sure, sure, sure. It's funny. Every time I get a good sight on the sun, the sun starts changing into something else. It looks like a toy ball. Like a baby's toy. But perhaps if I try, just once more. Mm, like a baby's toy. Yeah. See what I meant? Denanja. Yes, sir. Switch on your dynamotor. We're gonna send? Right now. One message and repeat three times, no more. Yes, sir. Ready? Ready. Okay. Dooley, to all stations, down on Frozen Lake, position uncertain, gets about 600 miles. You guys, will you pay attention? Oh, yeah. I'll pay attention, will you? Go on, don't you? Well, it's real simple, fellas. Since we got to save our batteries, we use this portable transmitter. The hand crank job. You wind away on it like it was a coffee cup. Daddy, I got an idea. Just a minute, Frank. This here aerial is supposed to be hoisted up in the air by a balloon. And we ain't got one, I bet. Oh, yes, we have. But it's a blame cold. The balloon wouldn't have enough buoyancy. So we'll have to string the aerial between two trees. There's plenty of trees all along the lake. Maybe we could cut them down and make a log cabin. <laughs> Great idea. Well, I'll tell you what we are going to do. We're going to cut on some of those trees and pour some of our gasoline on them. 
If we can once get a fire started, we can thaw out enough wood to keep the thing going. Hey, Captain, that'd be swell, because I was wondering how we could heat up this coffee grinder. The grease and the gears is frozen so you could hardly crank it. I wasn't thinking about the coffee grinder. If we're in for a blizzard, and it looks like it, that fire's going to keep us alive. How are you cooking, Daddy? That's my idea. What is? Find something to cook over your fire. I'll run right down to the corner grocery. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Right now, how about helping me drain some gasoline? Now, come on, boys. Let's move it, huh? Okay, okay, boys. That's enough wood to start with. Stankowski, Murray, that's enough. Anunzio. Yeah? You and Frank pile the wood over there on the lee side of that snow bluff. Hey, uh, uh, wait a minute. Where's Frank? I know. I haven't seen him. Stankowski, Murray, where's Frank? I thought he was with you, Captain. It was a half hour ago. He went hunting. Hunting? Oh, cut it out, Murray. He did. He took the rifle and the ammunition. He said he was going to get us something to eat or else. Oh, no. But this wind kicking up the story's got visibility for about 20 feet. Frank! Frank! Come on, boys. Yell together. Let him hear us. that rifle. Oh, uh, what happened to that rifle? It's lost, too. Dooley! Stankowski! Valencia! And Murray! That's ah, use. Gotta keep walking in a straight line. That's all. I'm gonna go walking around those circles. Just keep in a straight line. Need no bushes and trees. Just follow these footprints right back to camp and I'll go sleep. Oh, sleep. That's the most important thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> well, you know, I can't even see the footprints now. I can't see nothing. I know what old Dooley'd say about that. He'd say, just take it easy, son. Rest. Just what I'm gonna do, Dooley. I'm gonna sit down right here. Oh, oh that feels so nice, so soft. Mm. Mm. Just gonna lie here and think about Margaret. She's so nice and soft too. Warm. Every time I looked at her, I oh, always felt so warm. And Good. Like Fourth of July at Coney Island. <laughs> oh, Frank, I can't hear a thing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, sure you can, Margaret. Just pay attention to what you're doing. Stop looking at me, will you? But I'd rather look at you, Frank. Do you mind, really? <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. For 25 cents, it looks pretty good to me. Besides, it was your idea, wasn't it? Well, I... I wanted you to have a picture of me. I don't need a picture to remember what you look like. I'll always remember, Margaret. Oh, thanks. I'll always remember. 
trying to pelican. Hey, McMullen. I can't buck these winds any longer, Mac. Another ten minutes and I won't have enough gas to make it back to Presque Isle. Firewood are the best I could do, Captain. They, uh, they don't look much like a cross. That it'll have to do, Denuncia. Set it up right here by his head. Captain? Yes, Murray. Frank showed me a snapshot of his girl. I hope you took it out of his pocket. Why? Well, so... so you could return it to him. Maybe Frank would rather have it here with him. That's, uh, the way I figure. I, uh... Any, uh, any of you men want to say anything? No, I suppose there's no need to. We all know what kind of a man Frank was. He was a good pilot. That takes an awful lot of things. I, uh... Well, <clears throat> there's, uh... Something in the Bible, some psalm about the shepherd, but I don't know it. I... Oh, I think maybe we better say something that we all do know. I... Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Forever, ever, and ever, ever. Amen. Amen. In a moment, Act Three of Island in the Sky. The Navy Enlisted Men's Club in Tokyo is a pretty nice place where the men of the Navy can sit around and talk, read, or play cards on off-duty hours. It's a pretty nice place in another way, too. There's a box on the bar for the spare change of the sailors. And every penny that's dropped into it goes for the support of their private orphanage called the Home of Affection. Over 50 boys and girls of all ages are fed, clothed, and educated there. The orphanage has formed its own self-government, and the children are learning what it's like to live by democratic rules. With the help of the enlisted men of our Navy, they're meeting the world with a new hope, a new dignity, and pride. Such acts by you and your friends today are shaping our world of tomorrow. rises on Act 3 of Island in the Sky, starring Dick Powell as Dooley. How long is the day? 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds? Well, it all depends. If you're lost in the great white emptiness of the subarctic, time is measured by the icy paralysis which penetrates ever deeper and deeper into the body. 
If you're in the sky, time is an almost mystic complex of RPM, inches of mercury, gallons of gasoline, degrees of drift, barometric pressure. Things known to men like Willie Moon and McMullen and Stanish and Stutz and J.H. Handy. Boomerang to all ships. Altitude 13.7 coming out on top. Where are you? grounded 48 hours. That depends on how Dooley made up. Yeah. Well, you picking up anything yet? No. We over the area yet. It don't stop you picking up Dooley's signal. Sure it does if he's standing on the emergency outfit. That hand crank job. How far can you hear one of them things? Maybe 25 miles. Maybe 100 if everything's just right. Well, don't bust yourself wide open with optimism, bud. Okay, let's pretend Dooley's got enough juice in his regular set. Let's pretend he's trying to pick us up. So what do we say? Tell him to build a big bonfire with lots of smoke. Tell him we'll be looking for it. We'll do. Smoke, but at 70 below zero, smoke may simply settle to the ground. A plane down on a frozen lake. But what lake? That one? Or that one? There are a thousand lakes. From the air, you can see a hundred miles. But the wing spread of a plane may be only a hundred feet. Like looking for a chip of wood in the middle of the ocean. Dooley. Fellas, it's them. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, they're calling us right now. Listen. Bill, big fire. Keep it going. Yeah? Yeah, what else? They say, take it easy. How close do you think they are? Signal's pretty weak. They aren't close. Well, tell them that. Send an answer. In a minute. I gotta warm up my fingers. Okay. Uh, Murray, send coffee. Get outside and start filling up that bonfire. Pour some engine oil over it. Maybe we can make some real smoke. Yes, sir. Right away, Captain. Hey, Captain, our batteries are almost gone. If I hold my key down, the juice will be gone in a few minutes. I think it'd be better if we took bearings on them. Are you sure? No, no, I'm not. But at least the batteries will last longer if we tell them which direction they're flying. All right, all right. Are your fingers warm enough now? Well, they're as warm as they'll get. Good, then shoot the works. Willie, I got him. I got him, Willie. Boomerang. Hey, guys, we got Dooley. Subway. That's behind us. Well, that's what he wants. That'll give us another bearing. Okay, 140 it is. There's a studs. Will you slow down, Willie? We can't keep up with you. Our right engine is icing up. You pumping alcohol? You kidding? This ship smells like a brewery right now. This is Stanish. Just picked up Dooley again. He says turn to 150 degrees now. Another bearing, Willie. 160 degrees. How's Dooley sound? Weaker. Can't last much longer. New bearing. 170 degrees. 170. They acknowledging? Loud and clear. Just about knocking my ears off. Dooley. Yeah? We've had it. Oh. What's the batteries? Yeah. Just one half of one jolt left in them. Okay, okay. Then tell them to listen on 500 kilocycles. The emergency set. That coffee grinder. I'll try. Big station in Montreal is still on over. Dang it all. We must be setting practically on top of Dooley and we can't hear him. This is Stutz. 
you men here directly from your ship, but we've got to decide our next step tonight. Then you can hit the sack. Willie. Yes, sir. I believe your ship made the first contact with Dooley. Now, what time was that? What was your position? Around 1,500. We were an hour north of the mountains. Proceeding on what compass course? Yeah, that's anybody's guess. Compass just won't stand still up in that country. We had the same trouble, sir. The magnetic pole kept moving on us. Captain Standish is a long-distance call for you. It can wait, Lieutenant. The operator said it was urgent, sir, New York. Uh, All right, Standish. Make it short. Thank you, sir. Now, men, what I'm trying to get at is this. Five ships covered a certain area today. We've got to know what that area is so we can eliminate it on our next sweep. Colonel. Yes, Andy? I hate to say this, but for the first time since I started flying, which was a long time ago, I, uh, I just don't know where I've been. That's my case, too. Well... This is pretty extraordinary. Well, has anybody got any ideas? Yeah. All right, Stutz. Well, let's go back at night, fly the stars, plot one fix after another so we know where we are. Plan to arrive over the search area just before dawn. Dooley hears our engines, he'll shoot up a flare, and we'll see it. We will, huh? We told Dooley to build a big fire, but we sure didn't see any smoke. Well, maybe we were flying too high. Let's stay closer to the deck next time. Captain Turner, how about the weather? Well, there's a new low-pressure system forming over Hudson Bay, sir. It'll hit Dooley in about 36 hours. May last as much as four days. Oh, all right, all right. Here's what we do. I like Stutt's idea of going up on the stars. Tomorrow night we try it. Stake out what you men think is a new search area. And hope that Dooley hears you and sends up a flare. If you miss him this time... Well, you heard about the weather. Dooley's already out of food. He can't stand another blizzard. Oh, Stanish. While you were on the phone, we worked out a plan. The boys will tell you. Uh, who was it, Stanish? One of your dolls? <laughs> it was Murray's wife. Murray? Julie's navigator? Yes, sir. She, uh, she wants us to give her husband a message. Don't she know we ain't found him? Oh, she says she knows he's alive. She says to tell him the baby's over his cold and uh, that she loves him.
Dooley. Dooley. You asleep? No, no. I've been trying to, but I keep thinking. What if the planes don't come back? They will, Murray. You sure? Mm. Try thinking about something else. But why should they come back to this same place? They looked here and didn't see anything. Tomorrow they'll try someplace different. Wouldn't you, Dooley, if you were flying one of those planes? Oh, they'll be back. All we gotta do is build up a bigger fire tomorrow. You're not just saying that, Dooley. You're sure? I'm sure. I'll get some sleep. <sighs> I hope my wife and kid are all right. Hope can be murdered, but seldom the deep human strength of survival. Yet this strength is as tricky as it is powerful. It can become miserable panic if the leader falters. He said they'd come today, and they didn't. Yeah, and the wind's getting louder. What's that mean? If it keeps up all night, we'll maybe have another blizzard. Why don't Dooley talk to us? He just keeps walking around. Why don't he stay here with us? Because he went for some more firewood. Dooley! Dooley, come here! What's wrong? We want you to talk to us. Tell us something. Say something. Uh-huh. Announce you? Yes, sir. Tomorrow, instead of sending straight signals, maybe better tap out some kind of a message, like, uh, return to same place. Return to same place. Okay by me. How long could you keep that up? As long as the boys can crank the coffee ground. What the good of it? It'd be better if we started walking out of here. How far do you think you'd get? An empty stomach doesn't give you much mileage. That's why we gotta move. We gotta find some food to shoot. Here, it's like everything was already dead. That's enough, Murray. We, we, we might find a river or a stream. I said shut up. You said the planes had come back, Dooley, and they haven't. Shut up. No, they'll never come back, did you? Now listen. All of you. There's a boy buried out there in that snow because he didn't listen to me. Our only chance is right here. If the planes can't see our ship from the air, they sure couldn't see us walking. Now, the first one of you who hikes out of this camp here is going to get shot. I'll aim for your legs, but I may miss you and hit you in the back of the head. Now, who's for leaving? All right, that's better. coffee grinder really warmed up by then. Come on, I'll start it.
Oh, man. My arm is about to drop off. I had it. All right, all right. I'll, I'll take another whirl at it. Keep sending, Denuncia. Keep sending. Clouds would clear away. Stankowski, how about how about sculling me on this thing? Yeah. Dude, listen. Murray, throw me that flare gun. Yes. Here goes. You think the flare will clear the clouds? Yeah, yeah. Can I see it in this light? What's-his-name is over his cold. Gee. Oh, Jimmy. That's all? Don't say anything else? Mm-hmm, yeah. Ski planes will be back this afternoon to take you out. Wow! <laughs> Julie, your wife and kids are waiting for you. Huh? What? Hey, Julie, we didn't know you had a wife and kids. Yeah, six of them. <laughs> and thank God I'm going to see him again. <laughs> If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R I L E Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. 
we have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.